Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money here on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we welcome you in. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, downtown Las Vegas there at the D. I say hi to you. I'm Patrick Maher. It was almost. It felt like the first Thursday of March Madness, week 10, as yesterday you had buzzer beaters abound, boys. Week 10, there were a total of five games that were decided with a field goal on the final play, which is the most for a single day in NFL history. Of course, you had the Browns, you had the Seahawks, you had the Texans, you had the Lions, you had the Cardinals, all of them won on a kick as time expired. So a crazy week 10, it continues tonight in Buffalo. Take a look at the number tonight, Denver at Buffalo, Denver on a heater. Watch out one, two straight DraftKings right now showing Buffalo lane seven and a half. And you got a total of 47. So as we open up the show, we've got like love loathe coming up in just a little bit. Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper is fired up. He's going to join us for the final hour of the program. But with that, let me say hi to the boys. Amal Shaw, how we doing? Happy Monday, big guy. Uh, it's fantastic. Great weekend. You mentioned in the NFL. And by the way, I know we'll get into it a little bit later on. Forget CJ Stroud for rookie of the year, Patrick. It is time to put him in that most valuable player conversation. What a performance the last two weeks. 826 yards passing. He has shortened up to 30 to 1 in the MVP market right now. CJ Stroud will get to him. Maybe we should start there as we welcome in the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. Yeah, I can't remember as we sat in last Monday, but we did say with a comeback win, final two minutes, a game winning drive for Stroud last week, we wondered what the number was. It was long. It's still long at 30 to 1, but starting to shorten up for the rookie. Well, it makes a lot of sense because there's really no one running away with this award right now. The only question I guess I would have in that is would the voters give him two awards? Because he's obviously winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. You kind of have to handicap what you think the voters will do and how good does this season have to be to win both of those. Uh, you know, two interceptions on the season, Patrick, to me, is that's a staggering number when you look at Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, guys all in contention for that MVP. What he's been able to do has been spectacular so far. And I don't know what you guys saw the Texans doing this year, but I thought they were going to wind up with a top five pick. I actually thought they were going to have a shot to have the number one overall pick. Oh, absolutely. I did not. Well, nobody had them five and four yeah. through nine. They've got the cards coming up. Then week 12, they've got the Jags. And you mentioned the two picks on the year. Amal. CJ, Stry, he had that weird pick late in the game yesterday where they were trying to ice it there. And also, I, it, I don't know if you guys were watching live, but T Higgins Burrow just put it right on Higgins to potentially score Boyd. a touchdown where the Texans would have to come. Excuse me. Was it Boyd? Yeah. Where the Texans would have to come down and score a touchdown. That was 
wasn't the case as they only needed to come down again and kick the field goal for the winner. But there, you can't take anything away from what's happening right now. Uh, we were talking culture on the phone a little bit earlier. Uh, Dustin, D'Amico Ryan's done a hell of a job. The Texans, and I know this will be a part of Amal's like, love, loathe, so let's not take too much away from it. But 544 yards on offense. They had 28 first downs against a defense that was starting to peak in the Bengals. I know they're dealing with injuries, but also Amal, the Texans, 188 yards on the ground. It's just right now. And again, you can go eyeball test. Like if you watch Zach Wilson last night, number two overall pick, we've never felt comfortable at any point any quarter, any start, any half with Zach Wilson, you just tune in randomly. You're an alien watching C.J. Stroud. And you're like, that dude belongs. I, when you sit there and watch him play, Patrick, there's no way you'd think he's a rookie. You mentioned Zach Wilson. That Hail Mary pass last night at the end of the Raiders game might have been the best throw of his career. I mean, at least they gave him a chance. He was running to the left. Max Crosby, of course, was in hot pursuit. Somehow he found a way to launch it 50 yards. But that interception to Spillane uh, in the previous drive summarized Zach Wilson's career. And I, I agree with you. The one thing that I took away from the Bengals game that concerned me, I don't know how you guys saw it. Guys, we look like we had a 40 to 1 team to win the Super Bowl yesterday. Joe Burrow looked disengaged. He looked like, I don't know if he was hobbled by injury or what the situation was. Nobody on that team looked like they wanted to be at that stadium yesterday. And they're going to be, I'm glad you brought it up because all of a sudden our 40 to 1, they're in a tricky spot with the Thursday yes. matchup coming up. They being who day, the Bengals, but Stroud for the second straight week, just to kind of keep on this theme, let a game winning drive Dustin in the final two minutes, making him the only rookie quarterback over the past 40 years to do that in back to back games. Now we just keep on lauding him with exemplary performances, obviously, and, and again, and the records that he continues to set. But Stroud has 26-26 as far as passing yards on the season. That's the third highest total ever for a rookie through his first nine games. He's been exemplary. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question always is when something like this happens and someone comes from nowhere, I guess it's not nowhere. He was the number two overall pick. But when a rookie plays this well to start, when do these defenses start to figure out their tendencies? And I don't think it's looked the same every week for C.J. Stroud, so I think it's going to be harder for them to figure out what it is that he's doing Every single week, they're able to come in and pick apart these teams. And I think a lot of the credit goes to D'Amico Ryans. I think you mentioned culture. There is a culture that has already been established there. There's no BS. There's no there's no uh, making excuses for anything. They just do what they need to do. But I would say from our, our Bengals ticket perspective yesterday, guys, is I think this was another scenario. And I understand that a lot of us have realized the Texans are more than who they've been recently. But I think this is another scenario. The Bengals with that short week coming up, thinking they could get by Houston with a limited game plan. And I think we saw something with Jacksonville. When Jacksonville lost to Houston, they were about to travel to London for the next two weeks. And I'm not saying these teams are really looking ahead and overlooking an opponent. I just think they can get they think that they can get by in that game with doing less. And unfortunately for them, the Texans are a different team this year. Uh, they're absolutely a different team, Patrick. But as much as credit C.J. Stroud deserves, how about Noah Brown? This is a, what, seventh round or an undrafted player who's barely on the fringe staying around in Dallas. He's had two monster games in back-to-back -back weeks. No Nico Collins this week. Tank Dell absolutely gets slaughtered. on Stroud left him out to dry on a, uh, on a post route. He gets absolutely crushed. And then you wind up with a situation, game-winning field goal off the practice squad. Amendola hits the game-winning field goal. I mean, there's a lot of different people, and you mentioned it at best, in terms of D'Amico Ryans. He played at Alabama. He comes from the 49ers, winning cultures everywhere he's been. He deserves a ton of credit for this turnaround. I'm not taking anything away from Stroud's accomplishment. I'll get into it a little bit later on with Stroud, but I think it's been a collective effort. And one thing with this team, it's like the old line of a high tide rises all boats. And that's exactly what's happened with the Houston Texans. You mentioned Noah Brown, seven receptions, 172, 24.6 average, the cast off. How about another cast off, boys? We keep on talking about the Bills needing a running game. Wasn't Singletary a cast off? Yep. 30 rushes, 150. And if you take a look, that's a five average for the Texans running back. You take a look. This is, again, you don't like to see it if you're D'Amico Ryans with the three turnovers. They lost the turnover battle on the road, the Texans, them all. They also lost the penalty battle and still won the football game.
game. Generally, like if you're just a novice and you jump into a box, you go to turnovers, you go to penalties, and generally the loser of those, specifically turnovers, is going to lose the football game. What I noticed about the Texans... So they go to the half up three and you expect a run from the Bengals in the second half. Every time the Bengals did something, and this is what's happened consistently throughout the year for the Texans and Stroud, they just answer, 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 answer. Even in Jacksonville earlier in the year, if you think about it, even though they kind of controlled that game, every time Jags and we've had them in Survivor, every time they did something, the Texans had an answer and that's the mark of a good team. You're absolutely right. And, you know, Patrick, I wanted to ask you, do you put it on Bobby Slowick, the decision-making with the play calling late in the game, or is it not a negative that they have so much confidence in Stroud based on the way he's played and it's justified that he wouldn't turn the ball over late in that situation? I mean, what have we seen out of him that should make you think that until that pick? Because I was like, just run the ball here. You got a 10-point lead. The Bengals were down to one timeout, three minutes and change to play. Mathematically, it was almost a scenario where you could almost run off the clock as long as they didn't recover an onside's kick. I was a little bit surprised by the decision-making, but I'm not critical of it because they, this guy has not let them down at any point this season. Yeah, the pass percentage week to week over the past four weeks for the Texans has escalated. So I think it's more just part of the game plan. To your point, though, we saw a team that was in the Super Bowl last year and the Eagles, remember, at the Jets also throw in a weird spot like yeah. that. So sometimes I think you remember that we went crazy with the Hurts interception. It's kind of a similar play, similar time of the game. So I didn't love the play call in real time. So I'm not second guessing. But I think it it's more of the latter. I think it's more they're just putting a lot of trust in the kid, and there's no reason not to. The confidence just exudes from Stroud. I also think it's a culture building play, right? You're trying to say that we're going for wins. That we're we're playing. We're not going to play not to lose. And sometimes the mindset with running is you're playing not to lose. You make the throws and you win the game by throwing the th for those first downs. I think it sends a message to that locker room. By the way, did you guys have any doubt? And I liked your answer, Patrick, and the analogy with the Jets and the Eagles is a great one. We, we talked about that after that game. But when the, when the Bengals missed the Boyd touchdown, I didn't have any doubt that the Texans were getting into field goal range. I mean, it felt like a foregone no, conclusion. No. 100%. I think that's the best point. Like it never, it's almost like if you were watching and yes, I know Geno Smith, but he had a better second half when Ron doesn't go for two there. Rivera doesn't go for two there. Now it's not necessarily the difference because Seattle can still win it with a field goal, but there are certain times where you just have a feel the Texans and also the Seahawks. You felt like given them a minute or a little bit over, they were going to come down and win the football game. Totally agree with that. Yeah. You mentioned the Seahawks. I'll tell you what I, with Jason Myers, and with Geno Smith, the way he played in the second half, I was like, well, 55 seconds, you guys are toast. I mean, it just didn't feel like there was a situation where the, uh, the commander was going to be able to keep them off. And they moved the ball very well down the field. But I I'll tell you what, I thought we started to see yesterday some of the rubber meeting the road. We started to see the uh, contenders from the pretenders. I thought Detroit, I know we'll get into it, had a great road win. I mean, you, you, uh, yes, you gave up 38, but Herbert's a dude. And you go out there on the road in Los Angeles and you score 41. What a great performance that was as well. 100%. How about them Lions as they win a shootout here in Los Angeles? Okay, just getting started, and I think it's proper to start with C.J. Stroud. When we come back, we'll get into that MVP market. Also, Coach of the Year, like Love Loathe, coming as well. Sharp Money. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. 
The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, DraftKings tonight, bet the Broncos and Bills, bet five bucks, get $200 in bonus bets instantly as a new customer when you sign up using the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. It's pretty simple. Download the DraftKings app, use that promo code SHARP, and again, you bet five bucks, you get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Also, every day, all bettors over at DraftKings, a no-sweat, same-game parlay. Make sure you check it out, DraftKings. The crown is yours. Like, love, loathe. Coming up in 14 minutes, Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper. In the final hour here on Sharp Money, again, we've mentioned the Bills tonight. Kind of a big game for them as all of a sudden that division is brutal. Not necessarily their division, but just the playoff opportunities now. We can get to yes, no as far as a number on the Bills. They're laying seven and a half with the Broncos in town tonight. So we'll discuss that game coming up in just a little bit. Okay, so. I'm curious if you guys know, again, we closed last night, the Jets laying a point and 36 on the total. What did we go? Did we go to the half nine to six? Yes. Is that what it was, Amal? Yep. Okay. Do you guys know what they what the, what the halftime number was on the total? I'm, I'm going to say 17 and a half. Dustin, you want to take a stab? 17 and a half does feel right. It's exactly what it was. It, and and you guys nailed it and you're right on the pulse because but you know what happened? As soon as they posted 17 and a half, I was like, "Oh my, why is the hook there?" So, immediately I jumped into it and I went to bet under 17 and a half. It juice jumps up. So I said, yeah, I don't care. I'll take it. I'll take it because you knew what was happening. Yeah. It closed 17 second half stays under with 13 points scored. And there never should have been 13 points scored in that second half. But that gives you an idea. Sometimes you really have to, it, regardless of your book, if you're making a second half play like that, it's time sensitive. So you have to jump in and again, understand that that number is going to move. It's going to start with the juice for the most part, and then you'll have an adjustment. Uh, but Again, 16 to 12. They were smoking on that McDaniels pack, whatever the hell that means in the locker room for the Raiders. Antonio Pierce picks up win number two, albeit against two teams from New Jersey with the Giants and Jets. But the Jets couldn't finish drives. Really, neither could the Raiders. But the Jets, and I think you guys were discussing earlier this morning, what would the Jets look like with Joshua Dobbs? Uh, Amal, you've got a theory as to why they keep on rolling out Zach Wilson. Look, if we're being very realistic, Josh Dobbs is a nice quarterback, but he's more of a bottom quarter starter in the National Football League. Probably a more you know, favorably a top tier second string quarterback with Zach Wilson. There is some talent there. It doesn't look like that's the case anymore. But if you're the Jets, you take a shot with this guy because with Dobbs, let's be real here, probably not beating Burrow, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes in the AFC to be able to get the Super Bowl unless you've got a healthy Aaron Rodgers. And if Zach Wilson develops into the player you thought he might be, then you don't force yourself in a year or so to go get another quarterback. Or if Rodgers sticks around longer than you think, you might be able to have some trade value with Zach Wilson. And 
I think now it's run its course. I think by the end of this season, because where the Jets are sitting at four and five, we won't see Zach Wilson in a Jets uniform except in an emergency role or in a backup role if he's still on the roster next year. I think the Jets want to try and exhaust every avenue possible before they made a concrete decision on him. Sometimes you can give up on a player too quickly, and I think the Jets didn't want to make that mistake with Zach Wilson. And I think now, based on what we've seen, the results are pretty alarming. The pick late to the linebacker. His name slips my mind right Spillane. now. Robert Spillane. What? Spillane. And by the way, they kept on talking about during the broadcast that Antonio Pierce wants wants to build the team around Spillane. You're like, okay, don't say that out loud anymore. And secondly, it, that should be a reason not to hire Antonio Pierce <laughs> moving forward. Spillane is very much a journeyman, a nice little player at linebacker. It's a, it, it's a completely innocuous position at this point. You don't want to be building around Spillane at linebacker. I digress. No, Sorry, that's a great line by you because I was sitting there thinking, I go, isn't this the guy with the Steelers who was like eighth on the 11 yes. starters? I'm like, yes. what are we, what's going yes. on here? Yes. Yeah. Just Antonio, you, you seem like a fun dude. You seem a little confused on the sideline. You probably are going to get the job because Mr. Seven Iron up there with the haircut is going to give it to you. But just just slow down on talking about Spillane being your best player. Anywho, that pick from Wilson was about as bad as it could. Like there was every reason for them to win that football game. And he telegraphed that pick. It was gross. You know, I keep saying Zach Wilson has not progressed since he was drafted. Is it possible to say he's gotten worse? No, you're not wrong. He like, has. I think he might have yes, gotten worse. I agree with that. Uh, let's hear from his head coach. What does Robert Sala think about Zach Wilson's performance last night? Again, I, th- I thought he did all right. You know, there's uh, obviously a couple plays that I'm sure he wants back. Um, I thought the linebacker made an, an unbelievable play on that uh, on the interception. Um, I thought he moved around the pocket well. I thought he picked up some good yards with his legs. Um, we were converting third downs. Uh, at the, I think it was the best rate we're, we've been converting them. And uh, you know, to give a full assessment on Zach, I think I think it'd be fair for to, to ask for everyone around him to play a little bit better. But uh, especially with the, with the penalties. But overall, I thought he did. De- oh, this pa- the real hear quick, me sorry. Out. The, 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 Hold on. Hear hear me out. Hear me out. I'm not going to jock or defend Zach Wilson, but can we have a conversation about his offensive play caller, Nathaniel Hackett? Oh, God. Because I had now, okay, both of you, let's play another game. I had over reception yards, Brees Hall as a prop. He ends up with 47. He goes over the number. Do you guys want to take a stab as to what the number was set at pre-flop? Brees Hall, receiving yards, I'm going to say 19 to 21. Good uh, one. Yeah. Dustin? I, I think it was like 20. Was it 24? It's 21 and a half. He got it in the fourth on one play. May I ask you a question? If you have a quarterback that is atrocious, that can't do anything, he can run. And Wilson picked up his, by the way, his rushing prop was 12 and a half. He got it on that 20 yard scamper. And then he added another one. But Amal, don't you think he'd help the quarterback out with a little, a couple of swing passes to your most dynamic outside of Wilson and Brees Hall player on offense? Like the offensive line is terrible. Swing the ball out and get it out of Wilson's hands. Completely agree with you. The other thing is if you're getting the ball to Brees Hall in those screen passes, it opens up the rest of the passing game down the field. He becomes a threat. Those linebackers are worried about him getting in space. He's so dangerous. Uh, he's got great quickness. I just don't get it. Nathaniel Hackett, I think he's going to be gone at the end of this offseason. I don't even think Aaron Rodgers is going to potentially be able to save him because the decision-making, the play calling has been inept. And by the way, in life, guys, I don't think any of our parents love us as much as Robert Sala shows the love and aptitude for Zach Wilson. My God, I just want him to come on the press conference and be Very like, guys. diplomatic. Oh, God, yeah. I just want him to come on and be like, guys, this guy sucks. We all see it. No, I get Nothing we can do. I give him credit. The one thing that's bought, so I don't want to play the clip. We have a clip of Zach Wilson talking about how like it's frustrating that a bunch of their big plays got called back because of penalties, and then this really bothered me. Salah also mentioned, yeah, it'd be help if there weren't penalties uh, and the guys weren't holding him back on the plays he made. The reason the plays happened was because there were penalties. You can't say that. It's an insane thing to say, well, we had some big plays, but they were called back because of penalties. Yes, penalties led to the good play happening. Outside of illegal contact, the vast majority of penalties are called are very accurate and there's holding almost on every play but if it's away from the play they let it go anyway so you, you him sitting there complaining about that is the worst thing to me 
Aiden O'Connell, not exactly Steve Young, to be <laughs> fair. Like that, what? What are the Raiders doing? And again, Hoyer's not the answer. Garoppolo's banged up. But I mean, O'Connell, disastrous. I'm sure we have Pierce talking after the win, 2-0 as an interim here, big guy. Yeah, you know, he was asked about how much fun he's having because it looks like he's having a good time. And this was his very real answer last night. Yeah, I had fun when I got in the locker room. On that grass, that was different. That was stressful. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do this for 30 years. I don't know how these guys do it. Um, Man, it's just fun being around the guys, man. Uh, that's the reason why I got back into coaching. You know, as a former player, that's the one thing you always miss is that locker room feeling, that, that being with one another, that, that continuity, that I need to pick me up. And I need a little pick me up out there, too. You know, I don't know if I have my poker face on, but I, I try my best. But you, that's what you miss, man. The guys just fighting, doing it together. Then when you walk in that locker room and to see everybody smile and to see the celebration, to see all the hard work that we've done over the past several days come to fruition. Uh, it's fun. Forever long I'm here as a Raider, as a head coach, we're going to have a blast. <laughs> he, Mark Davis is impressionable. He's going to get the job. Like, unless there's some better. You know why? Because also the fact that they moved on from Basaccia as the interim. Yes. They can look back and say, we should have kept him, even if it doesn't necessarily go well, Amal, with Pierce. I think they're going to keep him. I would agree with you. Meaning but do, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You, you see what I'm saying. But I think there was a time during the game where his look, it said or suggested that the captain has said, hey, get ready to grab your oxygen mask. I mean, he looked like, oh my God, is the Jets yeah. matriculating down? On the field, but give the defense credit. They played well enough to win the game. And you said it best, Patrick. This is a standalone game. We saw the ineptitude of these offenses. I mean, the Jets put up four field goals <laughs> in an indoor environment, you guys. guys. That game? What's that? Did you guys bet that game last night? I had Brees Hall props, and I'm really pissed because right before the game started, I was going to bet first score of the game, Jets field goal plus like 260. No, I said to myself, I said, I'm not ruining a good weekend by taking the Jets. I wasn't going to take the Raiders. I was going to take the Jets. The and Jets of course they lost. the play, by the way. <laughs> Jacobs, by the way, 18 and a half attempts. He had 27. Oh, wow. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, total wine, spirits, beer, and more. The lowest prices for over 30 years. Find what you love, love what you find. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 years or older. Again, check out Total Wine as we welcome you back here. Sharp Money on a Monday. These are the easy ones, uh, boys, because there's so much to discuss coming out of a NFL Week 10 as we close out the NFL Week 10 tonight in Buffalo with Denver playing a little bit better. So again, you've got seven and a half mostly in the market with the Bills laying at 47, 47 and a half on the total. We welcome you back. I'm Patrick Maher. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Every Monday here on Sharp Money, it's like, love, loathe. What we take from the weekend? Our likes to start. By the way, before we get to your like, big guy, um, nice little vibes on the set there down on Fremont Street at the D. Did you bring them all some trick-or-treats today? Yeah, you know, I was at the grocery store buying some of my healthy food after I, I nursed a, a, a hangover for about 48 hours, uh, got Oof. back to my healthy grind, and I was checking out, and I noticed that there were some peanut butter M&Ms, and I have long made the case that peanut butter M&Ms are the best M&Ms, and I know Amal loves them, and he'd never had them before, so I grabbed them, you know, when they have them right there at the checkout counter. I said, I need Amal to eat them and to tell me that I was right. He ate them. He cannot confirm my, uh, my belief that they are the premier M&M. Oh, he doesn't. He, you're not. They're, they're not your favorite of all. Well, they're they're definitely better than regular M and M's. It's hard to break that uh, peanut M and M stranglehold and Reese's Pieces. But I will tell you, this is very good. I, I want to thank Dustin for bringing them. I'm appreciative. But I got to tell you, Patrick, I was on a good run. I had chosen in November to go no sugar. You're welcome and this to my guy, life. And this guy broke the seal for me here. I was doing very very well. And of course, it, having peanut butter, which to me is one of the best things in the world. As soon as I ate one, I have slowly matriculated down the rest of the packet <laughs> now i'll tell you what my now i'm not a sugar guy but i do have memories of my family they're all obsessed with dessert they would take regular m&ms put them in a cup and just microwave them for like 10 seconds oh. i don't know if this means anything to the two of that you sounds so amazing. when you pop them in your mouth oh, they, they pop i think and i just yeah. bringing, i think this is like 
uh, going to a therapist, I think you just unlocked a childhood memory that I didn't remember until now. I think you do it for like now. five to ten seconds <sighs> before they melt, and then you pop them in your mouth, and I just remember my family going nuts over those. You I know just, how I'm not fat I am? I'm thinking about just doing out. that and then putting ice cream on top of it and mixing it. I, uh, that's what I thought he was going to say was the ice cream. I, uh, that's what I was thinking as well. All right. Well, um, okay, big guy. Now, the what, what, what was the number? Uh, just before we get to your like, because it does co- uh, correspond with what we were discussing last week as far as the NFC North. And no, I'm not sandbagging, but we all did say, I think it was eight to one yeah. last week Still on the Minnesota Vikings in division. Do you have the updated number in the North? Now, the Lions are going to win the division, but we were just talking about finding a price. Where, where are the Vikings right now? Uh, they're the second shot on the board at seven to one. Okay, so shortened up just a little bit as they continue to win. And your like this week is Kevin O'Connell. I think this guy deserves a little bit more credit because I think he's proven to us over like a season and a half. He's actually a really good football coach. He's 19 and eight over his time leading the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he's had no Kirk Cousins, gone 2-0 and in that time. Josh Dobbs showed up off the bus, looks like he's been there all season long. He has no run game. They got rid of Dalvin Cook in the offseason. Uh, he has no Justin Jefferson. Remember, the defense lost to Darius Smith and Patrick Peterson, among others. This guy won 11 one-score games a year ago, and I think everyone said the same thing. You know what? The Vikings were lucky and due for regression. And sure, that may be the case, but... Did anyone ever think maybe they won those one-score games because their coach made some smart decisions late to find a way to get them a victory? Uh, I think he deserves a lot more credit. They've reeled off five straight wins. They're looking to be postseason bound, and Kevin O'Connell deserves a lot of credit for what he's accomplished so far with the Vikings. I want to hear from his quarterback, though, here, Josh Dobbs, who is coming across as the most likable athlete of all time he was asked what his prep was like last week not having quite as short of a turnaround yeah i'm not you know i'm not paid by the hour so i have nowhere else to be so i hung i did spend a lot of time at the facility i probably ate every meal every day there um which is fine man like you know i'm blessed to be in the position i am and i'm grateful for this opportunity so uh, no stone will be uh, not turned over whether it's you know growing in the offense um creating simulated reps in the facility or you know studying the defenses that we're going to play they'll continue to adjust to try to slow us down so um, i'm a constant student of the game and you know i thought you know just having the qb room around me was awesome like sean and nick and kirk in the building and jaron you know they were around hanging out with me throughout the week as well putting in the hours um as we you know as i asked them questions about the offense you know stuff that was getting installed um just to clear my mind as i you know exercise some demons and asking you know, questions about things just to make sure I was locked in uh, for game day or as we studied uh, the defense. I, I don't have a daughter, but I do have two sisters and I love both my brother-in-laws, but I would prefer he be a brother-in-law <laughs> than the two of them. He's the- like what I'm saying is marry my sister, Josh Dobbs. You seem like a great freaking guy. And I, I know Amal, you mentioned, you know, maybe he's not elite, but I watched a lot of this game yesterday. He's really good. He he is he's special because I didn't realize coming out of college he had the wheels that he has. Like his escapability is something that snuck up on me a little bit more than I had suspected going into this season. Well, you mentioned it. I think the only knock I have on Josh Dobbs, you talked about, you know, you say hey, this is the kind of guy you want to marry your sister. My only knock on him is that he played for Tennessee. Other than that, there's nothing I can find wrong with this guy. Brilliant guy. <laughs> aeronautical engineering major how many players have we seen that have played the national football league that came into the league were aeronautical engineering majors but it's as a teammate i think he deserves a ton of credit even in pittsburgh he accepted the role that he has he prepares like a starter and guys dustin mentioned it they've won five in a row i'm looking at the schedule they get the lions twice and they have one more challenging game in conference play um i apologize it eludes me who that is right now but this is a team that is dangerous they're sitting at six and four um, no the Bengals. i'm sorry the oh. Bengals. um but to me, guys, 10 wins is well within reach. Patrick, you said the division might be over. I don't think they're going to be able to win at Detroit. I think they can win at home. But I think this is one of your best 7-1 bets. It's a two-horse race. It's them and the Detroit Lions. I think they've got a great shot with those two out of the final three weeks being against Detroit. Well, to me, the another bet, coach of the year, 
is a three-team race. Campbell, it, O'Connell, well, actually, and D'Amico? I don't, I don't understand Campbell being plus 150. I, I don't, don't either. Uh, to me, it's D'Amico Ryans, it's Mike Tomlin, and it's right here, Kevin O'Connell. And I think Kevin O'Connell, when you look at what he's been up against this year, has a very, very strong case. Like I mentioned, no Justin Jefferson for a few games. No Kirk Cousins the last two. No run game at all because they got rid of Dalvin Cook. They lost to Darius Smith and Patrick Peterson on the defense. I think this is a totally different team that went to the playoffs last year. And if he gets them back to the playoffs, I think he has a very strong case to be in the mix. Patrick, can, can, well, that, Bill, go please go ahead. I was just going to Dustin's right. D'Amico Ryan's because CJ's a number two pick. You expect some talent there. But Mike Tomlin, with that stiff they call a quarterback named Kenny Pickett, and Kevin can O'Connell. I, can I interrupt yeah, you? Yeah, please, please. Can I, I apologize for doing this? But my love yes. is 51 years old. <laughs> he's been coaching for 17 years. And if he coaches for 20 more years, he's going to go down as the greatest coach to ever do it in the NFL. He's 12 to 1 on the board. He is six and three on the year. He's two and zero oh in the toughest division in football. His team has been outgained in all nine games this year. Yet he's six and three. His team is the first team to do that since 1933. Two other teams have a minus 26 this year as far as point differential. The Rams, they're three and six. The Titans, they're three and six. The Steelers have a minus 26 point differential. They're six and three. Simply the difference to Amal's point is Mike Tomlin. It's fascinating what he's doing with that sieve of a roster outside of Watt and Highsmith. 17 seasons as a coach, 10 playoff appearances. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's never had a losing season. All of the attention going to Campbell at plus 150. His team is loaded. What would Tomlin do with that team? D'Amico Ryans, he's 5-4. and four. He's done a great job. He's in a weak division. McDaniel down in Miami, he's playing Madden with all that talent. And Kevin O'Connell, I'll let you argue it, but he's 7.5-1. to one. A question for you, too. How is Mike Tomlin, with this roster, 12-1 to one to win Coach of the Year? Why are we even having the discussion? His team's been out gained his offense runs six plays watch the offense from Matt Canada they're literally they have less plays than your boy Zach Wilson at BYU every game is sandbagging laying on the ropes until the fourth quarter to see if he can out coach you in the fourth quarter because he doesn't have the talent to get there one through three this guy is and potentially will be the great he's 51 years old I find no flaws with your argument. You're absolutely right. You know, I'm watching that Packer game yesterday. I'm going, geez, this offense has nothing. They can't do anything consistently. Nothing. And it's, I, I don't know. Hey, listen, Najee Harris, he's like a tractor pull back there. He can't hit the hole. It's one cut and go like Jalen Warren. The glacier. I only have one the coach of the year bet. It's Tomlin at 22 to 1 from like a week ago, and I stand by it that I love the play. O'Connell and Tomlin, those are the only two. And Ryan's. And, yeah. Agreed. Sharp money. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, 120 bucks gets you all the access you need and everything we offer at VSIN. Just go to vsin.com slash subscribe. Unlimited access to the picks. Top VSIN expert leaderboard. You get unlimited access to the betting splits as well. Our betting guides. College basketball underway. We've got a college basketball guide. Make sure you check it out. This all goes through March Madness, May 1st. vsin.com slash subscribe. We got you back. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher, the birthday boy. Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper, two-time Super Contest winner. And as a matter of fact, taking a look at the notes, he's killing it along with his partner this year in Circa Millions. We'll get to that update in just a bit. But Amal, you went to break with a question about unit betting or flat flat betting approach, standardized betting. Uh, Go ahead and shoot it over there to Steve. Yeah, Steve. So a lot of people will look at situations. They're like, let's say they've got X amount of dollars in a bankroll. And they're like, I'm going to bet a unit, maybe a unit and a half in a certain situation. I philosophically disagree with that. And it doesn't mean my way is correct or their way is correct. I think if you have certain spots that you just love a game or a team, I'm willing to take a greater risk. And I understand the argument that it can be detrimental to your bankroll if you lose. But to me, that's how you can aggressively make money as well. Where do you come out on that thought process? Because here's my argument. Max Scherzer 2016 is not the same as, uh, I don't know, Wade Miley pitching on a random Tuesday for me to sit there and justify they're both worth one unit. There might be a situational spot where Scherzer's coming in off a three-game losing streak for his team. And San Francisco, perfect example, this past weekend, they'd lost three in a row. I know a lot of people were on the Niners. Tim, I, I didn't play that game, but if I was in favor of the Niners there, I would have thought it's a great situational spot to raise the bet. I had a big bet on the on the Michigan Wolverines on Saturday. I, th- I thought they were, I thought they should have been a seven-point favorite against Penn State. Yeah, so, you know, the question about should you flat bet or should you vary your bet sizing? So the vast majority of bettors are losing bettors, so they should flat bet, and the amount they should bet is zero. <laughs> Go ahead and bet $20. Have fun. Yeah. Watch the games. It's fine. You know, it's fine. It's recreation. Um, amongst the true pros, um, I might catch flack with this. I don't care. I'm right, and everyone who does this for a living knows I'm right. Flat betting's ridiculous. Uh, you, 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 you make much bigger bets when you have a big edge. Now, blackjack players, it's all very mathematical so it's easy like the count sky high of course you bet you put out as much money as you can get away with a true count of plus six and your edge actually isn't that big but um but you do have the edge and you want to bet more when you have the big edge let me give examples to prove them i don't i don't think anyone could disagree but everybody does um you find out that a pitcher is on a pitch count and he's only going to pitch 50 pitches and his over under strikeout is six and a half and you've got that information that just broke, and they've got these props on a pitcher's strikeouts and if over under you know, 15 and a half outs and the like. Well, of course, we don't, we don't bet a unit. You know, we, we bet everything we possibly can get down before that number moves. And I use that as an example. But there are dozens and dozens of examples. I would say each and every week, if you're doing this right, there should be a bet like that where you're like, I'm just going to just unload on it until the line moves or they pull or they pull it off the board. LeBron James over under. I think somebody put up, you know, how many points is he going to average? And it was some number in the high 20s this year. And I, I, I'm not paying any attention to the NBA, but like I, I had a friend that's like, this is the dumbest number ever. He's going to take a reduced role. And so you're going to see bets like that. But I, I'm just trying to throw out examples. Um, obviously, it, 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 unex, unex, unexpectedly, it starts snowing sideways, lake effect in Buffalo, and the weather forecast was good. Now it's going to snow 12 inches, and it just changed. You know, maybe we might want to consider betting more than one unit on the under 47 right before the game starts. 
And standardized betting as far as unit size, like I, how many people have the true discipline over years and years to stick to that standardized betting system? It, you you do get feel like Steve, you've been talking about it for years. The you you get feelings like Amal just mentioned about the Michigan play over the weekend, Amal, where you just feel like you're going to like, even if you did have a unit based approach for the most part, that's an opportunity for you to go above. I, I completely agree with you, Patrick. And I like what uh, Steve just said here in reference to that. To me, I think that you brought up a great point about discipline. Look, I don't know if Steve signs off on this, but I think Patrick, you and I've talked about this. I don't think it's that hard to win, to pick a winner. Now, if you're doing it consistently over one sport, it's a lo- little bit more difficult, but here's the question. How do you respond to a loss? Steve has talked about this with poker. I will say this is a little bit different maybe for you than me. Patrick, when I play poker, I don't go on tilt. I go on winner's tilt. If I'm winning, I tend to play more hands than I should. But if I'm losing, dude, I play tighter than Fort Knox. I'm like, I don't understand. It's like business. Why would you throw good money after bad? You sit there and you wait. People will eventually pay you off. They just don't have the discipline to fold in certain spots. And Steve, I kind of feel that same way about sports betting. A guy that I really respect, he had lost 100 grand in a game. He says to me, he goes, Everyone thought he was going to go back and bet the next day or two days later. He waited nine days. Hmm. Verlander's on the bump at minus 130. This is Verlander at his apex. He's minus 130, wins the game nine to one. He goes, people don't have my discipline. He goes, can you go nine, ten days if you're firing big bets to sit and wait? Even if you're betting a lower amount, whatever the amount is. The problem is, and I talk about this all the time, best advice I ever got was, a Thursday night game this past week, I think we had Virginia playing Louisville. If you didn't love the game, a friend of mine goes to me, he goes, if you're going to bet this game on Thursday, he goes, would you bet this game on Saturday? And he goes, if you're not, he goes, why the hell are you betting it on Thursday? Because on Thursday, it's the, when it's the standalone game, yes. if, it's, if everyone's dealing 18, I only remember, yeah. or, or what, 10, I don't even remember what the spread was on that game, that you might catch an 11. Yeah. That's that's the difference, and you don't get that on, on a Saturday. I will say, as far as people talk about Kelly criterion bet proportional to your edge and a lot of people now say bet half the kelly and the reason they say half kelly is that sports bears it's very hard to estimate exactly what your edge is on certain bets especially in a game like the michigan penn state where it may be it's obvious after the fact but there was plenty of sharp people that were like oh penn state harbaugh's out you know there's there there's issues and we could debate back and forth you know but i'm i'm, I'm a huge believer if you're stepping it up and you're betting way more on some bets you better damn well have uh, have closing line value clv that if if on average on your bigger bets, if you look at what's available at post versus what you wagered, you absolutely better be getting the better number. But to Patrick, Patrick, to Steve's point on the coaching thing, I was on with Newhouse on Friday morning. I asked him if it get, if Harbaugh gets suspended today, how much of a difference does it make? He goes none. He goes the game plan is in place. I asked a friend of mine who was a former defensive coordinator. He said it makes no difference in terms of the game plan based on when the suspension took place. He goes had it been on a Monday, might have changed things a little bit more. But in terms of what their goal and what their role is. Nothing was impacted, and we saw it. I think they took a little bit more conservative approach in that second half because they were like, hey, we don't need to squander this game. I can't remember the last time you saw a team where weather wasn't a factor not attempt to pass in the second half of a game. By the way, I have a rant here. Um, and, you know, sometimes on, on, this, on this stuff, I feel like that chick Cassandra in the, during the Trojan Wars, when she's, she's like, the Greeks are in this, this, this horse. Don't let the horse in. And everyone just blows her off and doesn't talk, you know, doesn't care what she says, even though she can see the future. Any NFL, any coach out there, anyone who works for a team anywhere in the country, how hard is this, Dustin, when your player scores a touchdown, he is to run to the middle of the end zone, possessing the ball. He is to hand the ball to the referee, and then he is to sprint to the sideline. And then I don't care if he wants to pretend it's like he's in Rio during you know the, the bead celebration with, 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 with his players. Because if you did what I did on every touchdown, you would never fumble on the one, and you would never you know get flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct for 15 yards. Why isn't that the rule with each and every team? And why don't they just practice it? I don't know, but the true dichotomy of Steve Fezzik is that very logical take on not fumbling before the end zone. And assuming we all know who's Cassandra? She's the chick that could see the future during the Trojan Wars. You know, the, the big, the, the, the Greek Trojan, you know, um, horse that they wheeled into Troy and then they conquered Troy. Of course. It never would have worked because they, they had like a hundred foot high wall that was bigger than the wall that kept out King Kong. I don't know why they built the door so big in that. I, I, I digress. Um, but the point I, is, <laughs> the point is that I mean, if I kept, if I built a wall 50 feet high to keep out a gorilla, I would not have a 50 foot high door. But I, uh, going back to Troy, Cassandra could see 
the future, and she like warned everybody that was her gift that she could see the future. But her curse was no one listened to her. By the way, you're referring. And how often do you think? And how often do you think about the Roman Empire, Steve Fezzik? <laughs> the <laughs> want, want to tell you all a bit of breaking. This is breaking news for us here. We have gone. DraftKings has gone to eight one ten. So Steve, to your point, there are no sevens remaining because DraftKings just officially gone from seven and a half to eight tonight with Buffalo. So again, that's it. So it's plus eight. Minus one ten in each direction, correct? So it's it. One ten, one ten right now. Buffalo eight. Okay, this one ten, this language I don't speak. You know, so, so if if is it minus eight, minus one ten with plus eight, minus one ten? So it's they're doing eight, correct? Yeah, one ten up and down. There you go. Always say minus one ten. I hate I hate it when people are too cool for school. I always talk I always talk with Gil about this, and they go, Oh yeah, the line's like three even, and it's like, what the heck does that mean? Like maybe I'm the dumbest sports better in the world. I want to hear if it's minus three. Minus 100. I don't want to hear even. I want to hear that. That's the way I want to heard it. It'd be explained to me because otherwise mistakes get made all the time when people are too cool for school and they're talking about either even and they and the team's favorite. And they're like, oh, that line's that team's five. No, they're minus five. Say the minus. That way everyone understands. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> minus one, eight minus one. Said I certainly am not trying to be too cool for school. Just letting you know that they have gone off of seven and a half up to eight. So Buffalo lane eight over at DraftKings where you guys are sitting right there. Circa still showing Buffalo seven and a half, 47 and a half on the total. The value okay, of having multiple books right there. So if I had there to make a bet, gun to my head, I would I would parlay the plus eight, lay a dollar ten on Buffalo, on, on Denver, and I would parlay it to next week's Denver minus one and a half against Minnesota. They've got a gun to your head. Tell them, hold on, we're gathering the ransom. <laughs> Okay, when we return, Steve Fezzik continues. You actually have a conversation about minus 110 and why it guarantees they will win huge once the market is mature. That would be in the books. Also, a little contest update from Steve. He's killing it at Circa. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.